Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Everyone at some time has a question about their finances. For all your answers and a free chat, contact our sponsors, Galaxy Finance, and ask for Leanne. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact and mention Unfiltered for that free chat. A free chat, no obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Get in touch with Leanne at galaxyfinance.com.au. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legends series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Five foot eight, 86 kilos and feared no man. Took on every challenger. But some battles, sadly, some battles, you just can't win. But who is Roy Simmons? Uh, Roy Simmons is um, a little, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, a little boy. Roy Simmons <laughs> is... Uh, I'll probably, if you hear my phone, the answer on my phone, it says, uh, Royce Michael Simmons, formerly of Main Street Goolagong. <laughs> so that probably answers it. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a country boy um, uh, from a little town of Goolagong, which is, you know, 100, 150 people. Uh, you know, uh, you know, like uh, my mates, yeah. Uh, always have from a young fella and, uh, you know, like doing things like going fishing and, you know, join the friendship of your friends. That's why um, probably, uh, you know, love me, me, well, love me rugby league and me cricket as a kid. Uh, uh, love doing both of them and yeah. uh, um, did them at, you know, representative levels as a as a as a young fella. Uh, so probably mates in sport. Yeah, is, is is probably me. I wasn't wasn't big at school, mate. School wasn't a big go. Uh, you know, um, so it was more more about sport and, and mates. Tell us about Goolagong, Growing up in Goolagong in the early nineteen sixties. Uh, yeah, well, um, originally. Uh, was from a little town called Canoundra, which yep. is only, you know, 15 minutes away from Goolagong. Uh, and uh, I was I was brought up there and, and started the, the – that's where I started my first lot of sport and yep. friends and went to school at Canoundra and started to play rugby union uh, over there. That's all that, – that, that was the sport they had over there, it was rugby union. And then at the age of about eight – we moved across to to Goolagong. Dad bought uh, the butcher shop over there. He, he was a butcher, obviously, and um, 
and he thought he'd go into business on his own instead of working for someone else. So he went over and we bought the um, bought a little um, butcher shop at Goolagong, moved into a um, commission home okay. up, up the road. Uh, um, and uh, so lived there for, um, you know, a few ye- few years and that had the butcher shop there, continued to go back over to Canada to play rugby union on weekends. Okay. Um, and then after a little while w- we bought a ha- house a bit uh, in the same street, Main Street again, Main wow. Street, Goolagong, and we moved up the road a little bit and that house uh, still had um, – Things that'd be interesting to the people today, like in the kitchen, it still had, a, a, you know, still had to put like our oven and, yeah. and place to cook every day. Like in the middle of the summer, it was say hundred degrees, oh. like no air conditioning, nothing back in them days, yeah. and and in it was a fuel fuel oven. So in other words, you put wood oh. into your into your oven. So if you're cooking a a, a baked dinner. You know, in it go the wood. Yeah, you'd light it up. Um, you'd put your leg of lamb in. You know, and it it take a few hours oh. to cook. Of course, it'd come out beautiful. Yeah. On the top of that, you'd have your potatoes, your pumpkin, yeah. and all your things sitting on the top, all all by wood. Be a little um, warm. So, and when you finished, there was only the one kitchen. So you sit there and have your baked dinner. Well, it must have been. <laughs> Like you'd, it never worried you back then, but yeah. it, honestly, it must have been 120 or 30 degrees Jeez. in there. And and to have a bath, you'd, you'd go into the in into the. Uh, it was a chip again. It was by wood, and you'd put the um, the the chips and in and and light her up, and yeah. then after you know 15 20 minutes when it got the boil, it spit out. Spit out, spit out. So she'd spit out X amount of hot water. Jeez. Then you'd put a – obviously you don't want to put too much cold no. in because she only had so much hot. <laughs> so then you'd jump in your bath and, and had a bath when that was, uh, you know, like you said, back in the early yeah. early 60s, middle 60s. And, uh, you know, that, that was uh, – that's where we lived for a few years and uh, – uh, uh, my dad, my dad used to train a few greyhound dogs for a bit of fun on the side. There you go. So we had a few of them up in the backyard as well. So uh, sounds like terrific memories, mate. Most important question of the interview is: as we sit here at the end of twenty twenty two, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, got diagnosed with dementia. Mm. Um, that. Oh, I'd be getting on to two years ago now, I suppose. Um, but uh, you know, I still haven't um, uh, dipped too much, um, you know. But um, I'm on medication to uh, help uh, slow things up. Mm. So you know, I'm, I'm on that uh, medication, and uh, I say to the doctor, you know, what else can I do to, you know, to to help. Yeah. You know, and they, and they the doc says to me, "Well, you know, if you if you do some exercise, you know, walk or run or yeah. do some exercise, maybe three or four times a week, you know, for an hour, an hour and a half, or something okay. that um, you know that that can help." And so, so I train every day for about 
five hours. So I think <laughs> if, if one hour is going to help you three times a week, I think we'll five yep. hours once a day. Oh, I love it. You know, you do it. So, well, five hours might be exaggeration, but most days, most days I'd at least get three in, three hours of training. Good uh, on you. So um, I. You know, I think, you know, as I said, they say one's going to do you okay four times a week. I think, you know, seven times it's three hours plus, plus, plus. You'll actually yeah. improve. Yeah, well, that's, what, <laughs> that's what I'm hoping. And, uh, you know, so and they say, you know, if you um, do a few, you know, sit down and do some quizzes and all that sort of stuff, yeah. it helps a bit too. So I do a bit of all that sort of stuff. So oh, good. just helping to, um, you know, and, and staying at work and keeping your mind ticking over. So... Um, I've um, still working at Panthers as, as an ambassador, yep. which helps you get around and meet people and keep talking and so on, so on. So, trying to delay it as much as I can because um, it's going to be a pretty, uh, uh, pretty, uh, you know, it's not going to be great for the family. So, I'm, yep. I'm trying to work around it the best I can because I, I, you know, I probably won't suffer that much. I. You know, I'll just sort of lose my memory and that mm. sort of thing, but it's going to be very hard for the family. So uh, the longer I can delay it, the, you know, the easier it is um, for them. Galaxyfinance.com.au. Ask for Leanne for a free chat. We'll chat a bit later about what is happening in your world and what your future looks like. I'm on high alert because between you and Jason Hetherington, I reckon it's a dead heat for driest sense of humour that I've ever come across and I don't want you to be taking the piss out of me throughout the interview forgetting that loss in the 90 grand final or forgetting the moments where you're a naughty boy and just blaming it on memory loss. Yeah, well, that'll happen. That'll happen. Um, Did Sydney have any appeal to this young country boy or was the big city probably the last place you ever wanted to go, even if it was to play rugby league and live out a dream? Um, no, just, I wasn't, yeah, probably wasn't that keen on the city, but, um, wanting to play, uh, rugby league, overcome all that, you yep. know, uh, you know, the, um, you know, the thoughts, you know, I was a pretty keen St. George supporter when I was a young bloke, you know, and oh. the Graham Langlanders and the Billy Smiths and... Yep. Barry Beef um, uh, come from the little town of Goolagong. Yep. So, you know, I was a, I was, uh, I was really keen, mad St George fan, and um, Barry brought some of them um, people up for a weekend once, and I, I got to say good day to them, you know, and um, you know, I used to get up in the middle of the night years ago and watch the Test matches in England and watch, you know, Changa play and yeah. and all them sort of things. So. You know, all all my life, you know, I just wanted to, you know, play Sydney first grade and and one day, you know, the big dream was to play with a, you know, a green and gold jumper on and um, so, you know, the the desire to do all that meant you had to come to Sydney. So, um, uh, and I did, you know, I come down and I, I, um, I went to St George for a trial Originally, and um, you know, was was when the thirteen import rule was in, and I went down and had a trial. And at the end of it, um, Barry lined up a trial for me. And I went down and had a trial. And at the end of it, uh, they said, "No, you you know, you weren't 
quite up to it. So um, so I went home then, then got invited down a couple of years later to Souths and um, come down and and I remember um, going down to Coogee and I had a few mates from Cowra that lived at Coogee. They had some brewery trucks. Yeah. So I got a job on a brewery truck with them and went down and was living with them, you know, and, and I turned up down there and they said, um, they said, righto, we're, we're going down to the pub tonight for a couple of drinks. Do you want to come down? So I went, yeah, went down and... and um, at that time, I wasn't didn't drink beer, you know. I used to have a, I'd have a, you know, a gin or a vodka or something yeah. like that, and uh, I never had any of that sort of stuff. So, um, so, um, so anyway, um, I went and got dressed, and I, I come out, and they said, "You can't go down in them clothes." I said, "What are you talking about? What's wrong with these?" They said, "Yeah, I look like an idiot, you know. I would have had four star jeans on and a pair of." <laughs> You know, things on, they said, yeah, you know, like we're in Coogee apparently, yeah. you know, it was apparently the class place around and they uh, said, no, they wouldn't take me down that <laughs> night so they left me at home and the next day they took me down and bought me these trousers and them trousers, you know. Apparently, um, you know, my my dress sense and that wasn't quite up to their standards <laughs> so they wouldn't let me, me go down and um, and um, so I, I – so I – Trained uh, with South uh, um, November December of, of, of that year nineteen at the start of the in seventy nine eighty season yep yeah and uh, then trained through and had my first trial and 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 I was picked in a say about the fifth grade game I think there's about five games on and I was wow. in the in the first one that day yeah you know so. Um, and uh, and the week of that, I got a call from Len Stacker, who was a current coach of Penrith, and he he'd been trying to track me down out of Goolagong. Wow! And he he rung up, and Mum gave him the number, and he he ended up ringing, finding me, and saying, "Look, I'm looking for you to have a trial with Penrith." And I said, "Well, funny enough, I'm playing with Souths tomorrow." And he said, oh, well, look, I'll be down where he's playing at. And I told him where we're playing. He come down and watch the game. And I played that day, as I said, in that fifth grade game and uh, or the fifth start inside, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And uh, uh, Lenny come down and watch the game. And after the game, he tracked me down and he said, oh, I was pretty happy with how you went. He said, would you like to have a trial with us next week? And I, and I, and I said, uh, oh, yeah, well, I, was, I, I said, playing tomorrow because I seen in the paper yeah. I said you're playing tomorrow he said oh yeah you'd be too sore to play tomorrow come up next week he said I said no I'll come up tomorrow Hey legends I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered would you like to be part of the team our sponsorship packages are ready to go from scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions personal appearances voice recordings and more the opportunities are limited only by your imagination you set the terms unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week and we can cater to businesses both big and small we'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want how you want and when you want packages start from as little as $150. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab 
at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. And he said, all right, playing the Bulldogs. So I went up to Penrith and played in a second grade trial, so the second best team that day. Wow. And at the end of the, the game, um, he said, could you sit on the bench for first grade? Of course, I'd sat on the bench and I got to play the last 15, 20 minutes in first grade against George Paponis, who was a current Australian hooker. Wow. And at the end of the game, uh, Lenny said he'd like to to sign me. Um, So, uh, you know, I went back to South and sort of said, look, and they said, oh, no, we'll keep training with us because we're still interested in you. And I said, well, Penrith's offered me a contract sort of thing and they mm. said, well, we're, we're still keen too, but uh, but Penrith offered me the contract so I, so I went up and uh, um, but then Len had trouble getting the money off Penrith. Like they said, how much money do you want? Yeah. And I said, oh, I said, four, I had no idea, you know. Yeah. I said, oh, $4,000 and they said, yeah, okay. And then uh, Len went and talked to the the board and whatever, and they said, look, we've spent all our money, we're not going to spend any more, don't matter how small, how big. So Lenny argued with them for the next four weeks and in the end he drove them that nuts that they give me the $4,000. So, so um, yeah, so uh, so that's how I ended up at Penrith. Like, wow. So I'd uh, it'd been a sort of a patchy career up to then. I, I played for Cara... When I was seventeen, we played. Um, we played. Uh, we got to the grand final. I was only seventeen, and I was playing with the men. Uh, most of my mates were playing under 18s, but yep. but I I got to get a start in first grade. Jeez, that and we been played a tough school. Yeah, it was it was hard school, but I had my front rowers partners were Greg Fernley, who who uh, Terry's brother. Oh, Terry's cousin. 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 Yeah. Greg, Greg played for Western Division when they beat Penrith in in uh, was it the midweek the M- in midweek Emco yeah. Cup game, uh, and uh, Greg is probably still the well, is probably the toughest footballer I've ever played with or against. He was wow. he was a big man. He was he was hard, and so even though I was seventeen. No one, no one messed with me. That, no, he no. looked after his little yeah, mate. He, he looked after his little mate, and on the other side, the other front rower was the captain coach called Joe Walsh. Joe played with Balmain when they won the nineteen sixty nine grand final, and Joe was the captain coach and, wow. and a very hard man too, and played in the second row. So I didn't get too too much trouble, yep. you know, a little bit every now and then, but not too much. It was still it was still hard football, so I, I got to play with, with Cara that year. Yeah, we got to the grand final, and we've um, we played Blaney, who, who who was our you know um, our neighbours. Yeah, and it was a really tough, hard game. Uh, um, Inky Smith was my cousin; he was hooking against me. You know, I looked like a real relative, a third or fourth cousin, yep. and, and a really good. Player and, and and bloke out there, and think he was um, so he was talking against me, and um, 
and we and I got penalised for feet across the tunnel with about three minutes to go, and uh, one of the two we boys kicked the ball from uh, from um, from about forty five out from the sideline and beat us in the grand no. final. Yeah, so 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 then. Um, I went. To, I played for Canoundra the next year, the other old hometown. Yeah, played over there for for a year and um, uh, played with a former Penrith first grade um, in Greg Coleman. He yes. kept, he went and captain coached out there. Yeah, and got to be good friends with with Greg. Um, it's amazing because in the early eighties, hookers. We're still in Jersey 12 to start with, but yeah. there you mentioned feet across the tunnel, loose arms, mm. headbutts, mm. uppercuts. You're actually allowed to push in the scrum in those mm. days. Very different to what it is in the current day, but opponents would test a young hooker in particular. Do you remember in Sydney who those opponents were? Who gave you a hard time as a young hooker? Oh, all, everyone. I mean, every every – Every um, every game it was, it was just part on. of it. Yeah, and it was a learning school. I I really struggled in in the early days. I, I was leading into, uh, and I'll come back to that if it's yeah. okay. What happened then? I, I went on and played back with Cara in '79. Yep, and um, uh, played with with Cara in '79, and and Alan Latham was the opposition hooker. He come down and played for West Allen. I think he beat me in the scrums, uh, something like twenty to five or six or something. Like I wow. got flogged in the scrums because my my thought was still run, score tries, and do this and do yep. that and all that. And so it wasn't so much about winning the ball back then. And you know, and it, and it was, and you had you had to win the ball. So I got beat. Someone come up to watch me play, and they signed Allen. The game oh, no. for the West, so, so, so I think Cara at the end of it, Cara were happy to see me go to Sydney because <laughs> I I lost two grand finals for Cara, and then then and actually went to Sydney a couple of times. So I, I had a few failures before, you know, we had a little bit of joy um, in losing a couple of grand finals, yeah. and I lost both of them for Cara. Oh, Personally, lost both of them by my poor mates up there. I feel so sorry for them, and then. Come to Sydney a couple of times and got turned down, and uh, you know it was probably um, then finally wasn't for Lenny Stacker coming and grabbing yeah. me. I think I was sort of working my way back towards towards home. Lenny grabbed me and uh, and then and then so then in my early days in Sydney, yeah, I I struggled to win win the ball, you know, and and that um, used to be a yeah, huge statistic, oh, it was, didn't you it? know, yeah, I um, when I first come to the Penrith. Uh, I, I was playing regular first grade. You know, I was. I think I, I end up Penrith Player of the Year in nineteen eighty one. But yep. I got dropped that year for not winning enough ball. I got dropped. Wow. Uh, and my old, my old good old teammate and great player Jimmy Jones. Yep. Me and him fought for the first grade spot. I played lock and he played yeah. hooker. Uh, he played front row and I played hooker. You know, so we did that for a few years. Wow. And uh, then, then eventually, you know, after a couple of years, you started to learn, you know, 
how to cheat. Few other tricks without getting caught. Yep, and how to do things and and you know how to how to throw a couple. And yeah, all that that come in handy too. I bet it did. Learned how to throw a few and learn how to do things. So so then uh, uh, I started to win some ball. So started to win some ball. So you know started to make some rep sides then. And I mean the the win of the ball went right on. To in to well into the eighties, yeah, you're right through to the late eighties. Was so important, and yeah, and coming back, yeah, there, there was oh, there was lots of players that were, you know, at you all the time. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of, especially some second rowers, some second rower, some second rowers could throw some good right hands from the second row and just put one right on your nose, you know, from the second row. Into a hooker's and nose, and you got, you know, you got. Some other hookers tr- just try to cover your eyes every scrum, and then every now and then. You know, you got accused of bite. Well, of course you did because you bit their friggin' hands off if you did, you know, and a few fingers would wander into your mouth by mistake and you'd, you'd chew on them and they wouldn't they wouldn't cover your eyes for a while. And, you know, yeah, every everyone had some tricks up their sleeves and, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty and, – and just winning the – getting the loose head yeah. was a mighty thing, you know. I, I remember playing test matches in uh, in England. And every scrum was just, you know, was just they'd put their heads together and you'd put your head together and you'd just charge in and you'd just – and bang, you know. You had to – if it was your loose head, you just had to put your head in as hard as you can, straight in between their two heads, which were put together so there was no gap to put your head in. you just get back and you'd charge in and and you'd just split their heads, you'd get the loose head and, and, and if you didn't want to do that, you didn't get the loose head. Yeah. If you didn't get the loose head, you didn't win the ball. So, so you know, it was, you know, it was pretty, it just, just the packing in was, you know, was a, wow. was a, was a big art and just, you know, getting to the scrum, getting there early, getting set, yep. you know, getting your front rowers where you want them and, uh, and charging. Yeah. And charging. Jeez. We had to, you know, and, uh, and, and then, and then at the start. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Start. Yeah, so it was and, and you'd you'd come out of a scrum a bit fatigued, you know, like it, it wasn't like um It wasn't the rest it is no, now. No, it wasn't like you went across and had a rest of the scrum. Yeah. You, n- not for a hooker of the front rowers. No. And the poor old blindside front rower, he had the hardest job in the world, you know, you'd be hanging off him with a loose arm and he'd be bang over, he'd have his inside foot. Sort of up behind you, yep. and I'd even pack around sometimes if I wanted to get right across. Pack around his inside leg, so you were really right down, you know, and trying to get across. So, That's brutal. So he 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 had a massive job of just holding you up and doing yep. everything. He had a tough job. A couple of tough years at Penrith in nineteen eighty four. A young fella by the name of Greg Alexander arrived. I don't think we had seen anything quite like that. Um, Brandy was an absolute superstar of the game from day one. Is that a fair call? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, um, Tim Sheens, uh, that was his first year uh, coaching and me and Tim, Tim was my front row partner for, for years. Everyone at some time has a question about their finances. For all your answers and a free chat, contact our sponsors, Galaxy Finance, and ask for Leanne. 
Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact and mention Unfiltered for that free chat. A free chat, no obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Get in touch with Leanne at galaxyfinance.com.au. So, uh, Tim said, oh, we've we've signed up this young fellow, you know, from Patrician Brothers, mm. and uh, he's, he's, he's going to be anything, and he was telling me how good he was, and he said, uh, I, I think I'll, and he, he come along the train and then looked brilliant at train, and he said, um, I think I'll, I'll start him in first grade at halfback, you know, and I said, Tim, I said, I said, you've got to be kidding I said he'll get killed if you do. And I said, you know, I was talking to him, and we're talking. He said, uh, he said, look, I'm telling you, he's good. And I, I, I said, oh, you know. And uh, he he said, I've had a bit of a think about, you know, the talk we've had. He said, I think I'll give him a run in the centres just to ease him into first grade. Yeah. Just give him a run, a couple of, couple of, little bit wider out yep. you know, for a run. And I said, oh, mate, I think you're still. I think you're still pushing your luck. Yeah. You know, kid's only 17. Said, I, you know, anyway. Anyway, first game, he scored about three tries. <laughs> first game. And, uh, uh, oh, he, actually, I think, I, think, I think I was wrong there. I think he might have started him in, in second grade and he, he scored about three tries. Then the next week he moved him in the halfback in, in second grade and I think he scored about four Jeez. And then the third game, I said to him, "What are you doing, mate? Don't you, <laughs> don't you reward a kid when you So I, I went over and said, "Don't you reward a kid for scoring a heap of tries, mate? Why don't you give him, get him in the first grade, you bullfed?" Oh, I he love said, it. So anyway, so I think after a couple of games, uh, in he come and away he went. Yeah, just uh, and sort of um, yeah, and was sort of not only uh, was he brilliant and all that, but he. He was smart enough to help you control a game, you know. Yeah. Like um, um, back then, uh, I was I was captain of the side, so Tim gave me a fair bit of responsibility to steer the to steer the side around the park, you know. So I, I was doing started to do most of that, but wasn't wasn't too long in, you know. I was saying to myself, I don't have to do this. Wow. Just just listen to the kid. Jeez. Kid knows. Kid knows what. What he's got on, he knows what to do. So, I I was the captain, but he was he was the boss. He was running it. He was running the thing. Yeah. You played State of Origin for the first time in '84. You were also playing for Australia in and around this time. The first yeah, Penrith, yeah. yeah, first Penrith player to represent Australia. How big an honour? How special an honour is that? Yeah, in 1986 were. Was was a tremendous honour, great honour to be the first one to break. Because Pen, I mean, Penrith been a comp of their time and having broken the ice with an Australian rep. So um, I was lucky enough to be in a in a in a brilliant um, New South Wales side mm. that beat well a great Queensland side too. And um, I mean, uh, so um, in uh, that year and. and uh, 
we won the series three nil. Could have got beat the three nil. It was that close. Wow. Tremendous competition. Um, so lucky enough to get picked picked for Australia. And um, my first game was against the the Kiwis at um, Carlawa Park. So uh, we went over there and um, to meet them over there on this this uh, mud. It was pour and rain, and it was yep. just mud all over the over the field, you know. And um, um, and you know, they did the harker, and I nearly felt like running off the field, you know. <laughs> I thought, Jesus, they're a bit fair income these days. Yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, I, I had a, I got a, a bit of a, went into a tackle a bit wrong, and got my head in the wrong position, and. Uh, uh, lost me way for a little way. I was walking around. I think they had actually had Terry Lamb on the sideline warming up because I, you know, threw a couple of passes to no one and yep. sort of fell over a couple of times. But I end up sort of pretty quickly getting back around to I know what was going on. And um, yeah, and had a had a had a. I was really happy with my first game over there. It really suited me right up to my ankles too. You know, <laughs> everyone was my pace, and uh, <laughs> so you know it was uh, yeah, it was a really good start to my career. But um, yeah, it was good being like breaking the ice, being the first Penrith um, person to represent because um, I think it gives the boys playing with me a bit of confidence. You know, like like. Brandy, you know, Brandy straight away, I, I think, probably thought to himself, God, I'm bloody better than Simo, you yeah. know, when he's playing for Australia, you know, why can't, uh, you know, why can't I be doing it? And um, and quickly he did follow win the Kangaroo yeah. Tour at the end of the year. Then I think the blokes like MG, you know, Freddie, Johnny Cartwright, Hardy, all yeah. them blokes quickly over the next, you know, two to three, four years, yep. they all followed, I think, I think it sort of just broke the ice and led the way mm. for him to follow. Absolutely. So I was, was really proud of that. And at the end of that year, I was lucky enough, um, we won the series 3-0 against the Kiwis, which was a real – and, mate, they they played hard. That was a tough yeah. series. It was a real – you know, every game there was a, there was two or three blues in every game. It was a, it was a hard contest and um, we ended up – Winning the series, then going on to um, make the Kangaroo Tour at the end of the year, and went away. And um, you know, we've arguably one of you know in the you know arguably one of the best um, Kangaroo sides the ever to go away. Yeah. yeah, it was was a great side. I knew the eighty two was a great side as well, and um, everyone said the sixty three side was a great side yep. too. But you know, uh, it it would it had It'd take a very good side to beat the 1986 side, I can tell you. It was a tremendous side and, and a good mob of blokes that just sort of all gelled. There was there was no problems on the tour, no arguing, no fight, and everyone got on well. Um, Donnie Ferner did something I, I don't think I don't know if anyone did before. Everyone, the two fullbacks roomed together, me and Benny Elias roomed together. You know, every everyone, you know, the... Five eights room together, so you'd you'd think that would cause, yeah. you know, sort of blues. But I think it did the opposite. I think blokes get to know each other, yep. they respected each other, and you know, and um, just seemed to 
you know, it was just a fantastic tour and we went away and won the, you know, we'd already won the the series against um, um, the Kiwis, then beat Papua New Guinea before we went away, yep. then then went away and won the 20 games on the on the tour, which is pretty hard to do. What's your go-to story about the tour? Not necessarily on the field, but oh. the old kangaroo tours, they were they oh. were renowned for a lot of fun as well. Well, um, yeah, so uh, probably I'm going to have to frame myself in here because <laughs> everyone will um, – we went to a few of us – well, after I think we won a test or something of it Sunday and we went – we all headed out to to a place and we, we, um, we went to a nightclub or something and we're all out having the drink and – you know, and we're all, you know, up talking and yakking and carrying on and I must have been getting a bit loud or something because a, a bloke, big bouncer come across, a big man. Yeah. And he said, listen, little fella, he said, you better get going. He said, you're getting a bit loud. And I looked at him and I said, I said, there's never been anyone big enough or good enough to put me out before. And I said, I don't think you'll be the first one. <laughs> But just before he grabbed me and threw me, I grabbed myself by the collar and by the trousers and I said, but I framed myself out of a few places. <laughs> so I took myself and I threw myself down the stairs. I had my own collar and own own trousers, if you can understand. I know you used to listen, but I had my hand around on my collar and I had me me other hand on my trousers and I, threw you yourself and I tossed out. myself out. I love I, it. Tossed myself down the three or four steps, and uh, and he followed me out, and he looked at me, and I said, "Get down here where I got a bit of room to move, so I can put a, <laughs> I can put a few on you, you know." <laughs> and he looked, and he started laughing, and then he he walked away. So, so we'd go, we went there the, the following Sunday. Yeah. He'd come up to me and he'd say, "Little fella, throw yourself out." <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'd throw myself out again. And I'd put on the same act every week. Oh, I love and it. He, he he loved it too. He, he was laugh. He laughed. He in the end, I hadn't even had a drink, and he was getting me thrown me out before it even happened. We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legend series drops at the start of your working week. It's in depth, personal, and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. Their stories are simply amazing. The Rugby League Superpod drops in time for your weekend. It's full on and the hottest podcast on the market with at least a dozen interviews every episode. Current day superstars and former legends drop into chat footy and share plenty of laughs. It's loose, we love it and you will too. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to the stars themselves? Then on Saturday, the Firebrand Weekend Session is a new addition to our lineup. We're chatting with the players and coaches about barbecues, beers, and who you'd invite to your place for the perfect weekend session. It's hilarious. To keep the content coming, we'd ask if you could spare 30 seconds when you're done here and leave us a five-star rating and review on the app you're currently listening on. It's huge for us as we look to expand the brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends.